welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. The title of my message this morning is simply this. You can't help the world until you think the world of yourself. You can't help the world. And I know there's a lot of people in this room who actually want to help. I think intrinsic within human nature is this desire to do good and to help others. Would that be fair to say? I think it is. If you ask the person on the street, Christian or not, most people have a desire to do good and most people want to help. The trouble is their desires don't always match reality. Our desires don't always match reality. And I believe what I am about to share today is fundamental in us being able to help others. You can't help the world until you think the world of yourself. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 34, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Emphasis mind, that's easy. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. For the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus answered a tricky question in a very profound way. He said that the greatest commandment is to love God and the second is to love others as yourself. He was reflecting the heart of God and God's heart for humanity. God desires that you and I would love Him, would love others and would love ourselves. Here's a thought for you. That God wants you to love you. Wow. To think highly of yourself. To value what you do and who you are. Herein lies the problem. When we break it down, many people do not truly love themselves. And if you break it down even further, many people don't even like themselves. They don't like how they look. They don't like how they sound. They don't like what they do. In actual fact, if I was to ask you the question, what is it about yourself that you like? And then I was to ask you this question, what is it about yourself you do not like? I bet for many in this room, the list of what you do not like about yourself would be far longer, far bigger, far greater than the list of things that you actually like about yourself. Would that be fair to say? Now what you need to know about this message from the outset is this. This is not a license for you to be selfish. In actual fact, quite the opposite is true. This is a foundational teaching that will help you build great relationships, 
and it will give you the ability to truly be able to help people for the rest of your life, ongoingly, and with a good attitude and a happy face. See, there, I believe, as I've already said, there is a natural desire within the heart of all of us to do good and to help others. But the desire and reality don't often match up. Because I believe that you cannot love anyone more than you love yourself. You may have heard this, if you've been a Christian for a number of years, that it's God first, others second, self last. Anyone ever heard that teaching, thought, notion? That you put God first as a Christian, and all good Christians put others next, and then you put yourself at the end of the line. The trouble is with that thinking is this, that when you're always putting others first, you end up in deficit. And it's the deficit that eventually catches up with you. Because you are trying to be something to you, or you're trying to be something to somebody that you are not being to yourself. You've got to catch this. When you try to be happy with others, when you're not happy with yourself, it will wear you out. And you'll end up in deficit. And you will wear out, and you will burn out, and you'll give up, and you'll give in, and you'll conclude Christianity does not work. I've tried that. Or you'll embrace a very carnal, selfish Christianity that's all about you and yours. None of which God wants us to live in. If we do not love ourselves, we will end up in deficit. It's like when you end up spending more money than you earn, you end up in poverty. And when you give out more than you give in, you end in deficit. If your output exceeds your input, then your upkeep will be your downfall. If your output exceeds your input, then your upkeep will be your downfall. See, the problem is we're trying to be something to others that we're not being to ourselves. You can't be happy with others when you're not happy with yourself. And it's this way of doing Christianity that is leading to much burnout, much pain, much hurt. And that's why it's so good for the women to get together in particular because women are the very best at putting themselves last. And I trust that through significant women conference, you've been liberated and that you can hold your head high and that you will not continue to put yourself last. But that you will make times for yourself because you think highly enough of yourself that you deserve it. The message behind the Sigwo conference is this. You are worth it. You have value. You are precious in God's sight. See, many problems, much burnout and hurt and pain stem back to the fact that you don't love yourself. And while this is expressed in many ways, 
two very obvious and very real ways that this is expressed is through never wanting to be alone. Have you known those people that are the life of the party? They're always everywhere. And often that's a cover-up because they hate their own company. They're not comfortable enough with being by themselves. They fill their diary. Or they sleep as long as they can. Anything but be by themselves. And it's sad because they have not yet loved themselves into the kind of person that they can enjoy being around. And so because they don't get on with themselves and because they don't enjoy themselves enough, they need the stimulus of others. And their relationships are codependent relationships. And codependent relationships are unhealthy relationships. When you have to be around people because you don't want to be alone, there's something wrong. And it may stem back to this fact that we don't think highly enough of ourselves. That's one extreme, that we never want to be alone. Always busy, 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 live for the party. Where do we go to next? We have a conference. Okay, what are we doing tonight? And then you go out for the night. And when the night's finished and we want to go to bed, they, they want to go out again. They're like, well, what do you mean, what are we going to do tonight? We've done it tonight. We've done tonight. For me, after nine o'clock, we're done. All the young ones are saying, what are we doing? We haven't even started. That was just like the appetizer. That's one extreme. The other extreme is that we isolate ourselves. In other words, we, we never want to be alone or we always want to be alone. And the reason we always want to be alone is because a miserable you can't live with a happy me. Have you ever noticed that when you're miserable? The people you hate being around are happy people. And when you don't love yourself, and when you don't like yourself, and when you're not happy with yourself, you're not going to be happy with others that are happy with themselves and enjoying life. And doing church is going to be really hard for you. And so we isolate ourselves. Because a miserable you doesn't like being around a happy me. And so there's these two extremes and there's many others I just don't have time to go into, but that's for you to do a little bit of homework. I told the story about Mitchy last week. That one particular year at school, he was getting told off by his teacher a lot. And as parents, we got called to her room and he had detention on a number of occasions. And I have never had a teacher call me into her room to talk to Mitchy, but I did that year, lots. And I realised... I realise as I'm sharing this message, maybe, just maybe, this teacher didn't love herself enough and wasn't happy enough. How can an unhappy person enjoy a young man who's happy with himself and happy in himself and he loves singing? Because that was her main issue. He's always singing. And I thought maybe, 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 just maybe, the misery in you isn't enjoying the happiness in him. And so maybe the issue's not Mitchy at all. Maybe the issue goes internal. Maybe it's got to do with a, a low value that this person places on themselves and they're spurting out on everyone else. 
Because I know this to be true. When you're miserable, you don't want, your, you don't want a young kid singing long, what was it? Mustang Sally. You don't want that. <laughs> Mustang Sally. You don't want that when you're miserable. You certainly don't want it in the classroom. But maybe the issue is not singing at all. Maybe it goes deeper. Just maybe it goes deeper. Maybe it has more to do with how much we love ourselves. If we could love ourselves just a little bit more, we would mean we would enjoy ourselves a little bit more. If we enjoyed ourselves a little bit more, we might enjoy life a little bit more. And if we enjoyed life a little bit more, we might enjoy other people a little bit more. And if we enjoy other people a little bit more, we might just get some traction and we might move forward as a church and move forward as a business and move forward as a family. Instead of saying, you shouldn't sing. I, I, I'm convinced. I, I know the music is a little bit loud for some. But really, does, does that have to end in an argument? I, I mean, really, maybe some of the angst is, is, is in the individual. I mean, even if the music was too loud for me, one thing I could, could enjoy is the fact that young people are worshipping God in church with all the drugs and all the other opportunities in the world today. And here they are in the house of God, worshipping and singing and praising and enjoying God. I tell you what, that would supersede any loudness for me. But you can't think like that if you're struggling with yourself. If you're not enjoying yourself, if you're not enjoying you, you can't enjoy others. If you can't help yourself, you're not going to help others. I have a question for you. This is a cool question. And it's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Do you, and you'd have to think about this. Do you... Love yourself. I've thought about that for me. And the answer that I get is an absolute categoric yes. I love me. The guy you're all looking at right now, I love him heaps. I do. I love him. Some of you might be offended right now, some of you might think it's arrogant, but it's not. It's biblical. You see, I, I love me so much, I would go to a church full of people like me. That's how much I love me. If this was church full of people like me, we would have a lot of fun. We would. It would be awesome. We would have a whole heap of fun. There'd be a lot of laughter. There'd be a lot of creativity. There'd be a lot of excitement. We'd get into quite a bit of trouble. It'd be awesome. One thing it would not be, it would not be boring. We wouldn't be complaining about many of the things we complain about. I, I not only love me, I like me and I enjoy me. I do. I love it. I love myself and I love what I'm doing. I love myself so much that I love being with you and I love it when I'm by myself. See, I don't need you to feel good about myself. I love this, I do, and I love being in front of you and I love being with you every Sunday morning. I love it. I love it when I'm with you, but here's the key. I love it when I'm not with you. 
Because when I'm with you, I'm with the guy I love, me. And when I'm not with you, I love, I'm with the guy I love, me. We were in Bali for two weeks and none of you were there. But I loved it because I was there. I'm good company. I'm a great guy. I loved it. And and so the relationships I keep are healthy because they're not dependent on your approval. They're not dependent on on what you think of me. When people hate my guts, I still love me. (laughs) When people don't like what I say and they write me nasty letters, I think that's fine, that's their opinion, but I still love me. Your approval doesn't change what I think about me. I don't need the praises of men because I love me. It's nice, I'm going to take it. It's much better than a complaint. If you want to encourage me today, if you want to praise me for anything that I've done, I'll take it, I love it, I want that, that's nice, but I don't need it. My relationship is not dependent upon it. It's not a codependency that I have with praise. Because I love me too much. Is this making sense? So do you really love yourselves enough to be with people and enough not to be with people? Do you really love yourselves enough to receive praise and to receive criticism? See, loving myself becomes motivation for the good choices that I make. See, there's this this notion that as a Christian, you're not allowed to smoke. Not allowed to drink. And there's all these things as a Christian you're not allowed to do. Not allowed to sleep around. Well, I might be here a while. <laughs> not allowed to swear. Uh oh. See you in confessional, people. And we've painted Christianity in such a bad light. But I don't, I don't not sleep around and not get drunk and not smoke because I'm a Christian. People often think, you know, if I smoke, um, you know, will I go to heaven? If, 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 if you know, and I'm a Christian, it's not the issue. As a young man growing up, I had wisdom and common sense taught to me. And so dad said to me this, he said, Tane, you can smoke if you want. I remember I was about eight years of age, he said, you can smoke if you want. He says, but this is what you need to know. He says, if you smoke, your health won't be as good as it could. You won't have as much money as you could. Your breath will smell. Your fingers will get stained. It's up to you. And I remember as a young man coming to this conclusion. I love myself too much to do that to my body. I've worked too hard to just throw away money on that sort of stuff. I'm not not smoking because I'm a Christian. Are you kidding me? 
I love myself too much to do that. I don't want to put smoke in my body for. With all due respect to those that are addicted to tobacco, seriously, for me. So be set free. I love myself too much to get drunk. I've never been drunk in my life. Never needed to. I'm so full of life. I'm such a great, fun guy to be around. I don't need alcohol. I am a party animal. I'm telling you. Why would I want to harm my body with excessive alcohol consumption? Why would I want to give alcohol the credit for, for the incredible fun guy that I am? I never forget, when I was 19 years of age, I went out with a friend who wasn't a Christian. I had a beer with him, and then we started getting silly and messing around on the dance floor. And I just, when I got on the dance floor as a teenager, I just used to take over. It's like, excuse me, I need some room. Excuse me, excuse me, I need some room. And this guy reported back to our youth group three months later. He said, oh, man, I never get night with Tony. He was in Queensland, and I uh, oh, got so smashed. And I'm like, I remember the night, but like, I had one beer. And I thought, man, I love myself too much to let beer and alcohol get the credit for what I did on the dance floor that night. <laughs> that was all me. I'm better than alcohol. That was me. And so from that moment, for about 15 years, I never drank alcohol again. Not because anyone imposed a law on me. But I didn't want alcohol getting the credit for the life of God that's in me. And so I just didn't drink. No one told me to. No one told me not to. I just, a season for my life. But it stemmed back to that. I do not want alcohol getting the credit for my incredibly fun nature. And my dance moves. <laughs> I don't need alcohol to have a good time. That's my point. Yeah. I, I, I think highly of myself. To, I just want to be with me on the dance floor. And anyone else who wants to join me can more than welcome. <laughs> I love myself too much not to take holidays. These Christians and these pastors that haven't had a holiday for five years. Apparently, I'm meant to be impressed with that. I just think you're stupid. I love me too much to do that to me. I love my wife too much. Seriously. Are you kidding me? Five years on a holiday? Serious? I love you too much. For me not to have a holiday. You don't want to see me five years without a holiday. You do not want to see that guy. The greatest gift I can give you is a healthy me. Let me have my holidays. The greatest gift you can give your family and your friends is a healthy you. Not a codependent you. Not a self-hated you. But someone who's just in love with themselves. I love myself too much to... Harbour unforgiveness towards someone. People often say this to me when I say, look, I'm really sorry. 
and uh, when they do the wrong thing by me, they ask for my forgiveness. I say, absolutely sure. And they say this, thanks for forgiving me. <laughs> I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm not doing it for them. Yeah. I'm forgiving them for me. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I get what they're saying. And, and, and there is the overflow and the benefit of me forgiving others. It keeps my relationships. But intrinsically, I do it for me. I, I don't want to not forgive you. Who's going to win there? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Even if you don't ask my forgiveness, I'll forgive you. I'm not going to not forgive you until you come and ask for forgiveness. I'll just forgive you anyway. Why would I want to waste time harboring resentment towards somebody that did something to me 50 years ago? Are you kidding me? 50 years of unforgiveness. That's not going to make for a happy you. What's going to make for a happy you is a you that forgives people. And so when people say, thank you for forgiving me, that's okay. But ultimately, I'm doing it for me as much as anybody else. And because I'm doing it for me, that's going to affect my marriage. So I'm doing it for my marriage. And because I'm doing it for me, it's going to affect my family. So ultimately, I'm doing it for my family. And because um, I forgive me, it's going to affect the church. So ultimately, I'm doing it for the church. How many pastors aren't in ministry today? How many Christians aren't serving God today? Because they're filled with resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness. Because they feel they have a right. You don't have a right. And even if you're in the right, it's still not going to help you. So just forgive. If you can start to love yourself, you'll forgive yourself. And when you live happy and forgiven, you're going to be able to help people. You can't help people being codependent. You can't help people when you need their praise because you'll never say what they need to hear to grow. I know some things about you. I know some things you need to hear and you're not going to like it. If I was worried about the praise of people, I wouldn't say most of what I say. But I love, love me anyway. This is going to be a fun morning with you or without you. In my thinking, because I'm here. Is this making sense? So here's three reasons then why you can love yourself. One, because God loves you. You can love yourself. See, we know as Christians God loves the whole world, but what we don't know is He loves you. You've got to put you in the story. You've got to put you in the picture. God doesn't just love the whole world. He loves you. You can love yourself when you know God loves you. And here's the good news. God loves you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, I don't have time to read all of it, but it says, In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus in accordance with his good pleasure and will. He not only loves us, he adores us. He loves being with us. He's not just chosen us for purpose. He's chosen us for his pleasure. See, when I got married to my wife, I knew we were going to achieve things together, but that's not why I got married. Essentially, I just wanted to be with her. God chose you because he wants to be with you. When Jesus chose the 12 disciples, the Bible says that he chose them so that he could be with them. 
that they could hang out and they could talk and they could chill and they could enjoy one another's company and out of that relationship they could fulfill their destiny and purpose. It's not purpose first, it's relationship first and out of the relationship purpose comes. He adores you. He hasn't chosen you and he doesn't love you because you're going to work really hard for him and we've got a job to do. That's not why he chose you. That's not why we chose to have kids. It wasn't like Kath and I were struggling to do parenting. We thought, you know what we need? We need some help around here. Let's have some kids. Pop, pop, pop. Pop them out. Three kids, three little helpers. Come on, slackers, work. How many of you had kids just because you needed some help around the house? How many, through having kids, created more work through having kids? But you had them anyway. Why? Because you just wanted to be with them. Babies don't, there's not a great return on babies. Have you noticed that? (laughs) They cause a whole stack of pain for the mother in delivery. They mess with your sleep patterns. They don't speak to you. (laughs) All they do is cry or sleep, eat or poo. And we love them. Wow, where does that come from? The heart of God. We're like little babies at times. We don't talk to God. We cry all the time. We eat and poo. <laughs> Make a mess of everything. God says, I love you. I love you. On my worst day, I know this. God loves me. And because he loves me, I can love me. And I can look in the mirror on my worst day and say, Tony, you may have messed up today, but gee, you're a good guy. It's an amazing thing. We can love ourselves because God loves us. We can love ourselves because God has accepted us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, it says that we have been accepted in the beloved. Isn't that amazing? He accepts us. I want to know have you accepted the fact that you've been accepted? And this accepting is not based on what you can do, it's not based on what you can say. It's not based on how you look. We're accepted when we win and when we lose. We're accepted. We're accepted when we're good and when we're bad. If you you get this into your spirit, you love yourself. In other words, the love God has for you and the acceptance God has for you is not based upon your performance. So don't beat yourself up when you mess up. Because he doesn't not love you. How many of you had kids and they've messed up and you didn't stop loving them? Wow. Are you better than God? Really? You arrogant thing. If we who know how to give good gifts, how much more God? How much more God? Have you accepted the fact that you're accepted? When you're good... See, God is not like Father Christmas. He's Father God. He knows how to be naughty and nice. And if you've been naughty, you're not going to get anything. No, if you've been naughty, he's going to give you his love. He's going to give you his presence. He's going to give you himself. He's going to give you what you need. He's not Santa Claus. And the third reason you can love yourself is because God has adopted you into his family. See, unlike most Christians who think that everything is an event, 
God is not into events, he's into process. And so God doesn't get excited about the six people that gave their life to Jesus over conference. He doesn't get excited about that. What he gets excited about is that they can come into his family. That he can be with them now. It's not just an event. Okay, see you, slacker. See you next year. No, no. The thing that gets God excited and the thing that gets me excited about church life is that his family grows. I love events and they have their place, but I love process more. And God doesn't just do something in your life and just leave you. He wants to do something in your life. And that's what he's done for many women in this, com- in this conference time. He says, now come. We haven't finished with you yet. We just did a breakthrough. Now we want you to come. We're going to continue to work on you because you're part of our family. And he adopts us. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, he predestined us and he adopted us. Galatians 4 verse 7 says you're no longer a slave but a son. And since you are a son, you are made also an heir. Do you know what makes Prince William rich? Because of the hard work that he's done. He hadn't worked a day out of his life. Not true. What makes him rich is because of the family he was born into. And as a son in the family, he's also an heir. And so he experiences all the benefits of the riches of his parents. That's you. That's me. You see the sunset this morning? You see the, did you see the sun, uh, sunset? Did you see the sunrise this morning? Did you see the sunrise this morning? My dad did that. Someone builds a building. Oh, that's amazing. What's amazing was the sunsets and the sunrises. You see the ocean? Did you see the vastness of the ocean? My dad did that. See the galaxies? Ha! My dad did that. Some guys are, wow, we've, we've discovered another species in the ocean. We've gone just a little bit deeper and found more fish, more sea life. I know, my dad did that. See, I don't love me because I'm so great. Man, there's actually more going wrong for me than right for me most of the time. This is not a self-assurance. I love me because I have a God assurance. God loves me, and so I can love me. God accepted me, so I can accept me. God adopted me, so I can be the beneficiary of all that is His. And He has peace in bucket loads. And when I need peace, I say, God, I need some peace. When I need perspective, God, give me a perspective. And He's got perspective in bucket loads. Oh, if we could get this right, church, we'd get off this treadmill that is the Christian life for many people. And you can be set free. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.